1: With Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky.
2: Yo, what's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio episode number 284. I am Jimmy Kemsky from PhillyVoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowton of Bleeding Green Nation. Got big news to get to. This episode with the Eagles having traded for Bears defensive end Robert Quinn, but before we get to all that,
1: I need to know where I can find the finest meat snacks in the land. Well, Jimmy, it's not a true emergency podcast because we're recording it. I guess on the day after. By the way, um, I used to date someone who uh, I use that term flex. I know big big flex. I've dated somebody (laughs) Uh, just the one time, but uh, that. I brought up the term emergency podcast too, and her not being like the biggest sports person. She's like, What are you talking about? Like, why is that an emergency? And it is kind of funny. Obviously, I guess, you know, it's tongue in cheek, <laughs> but it is, it kind of yeah. does speak to maybe how we take things like way too seriously. Like, this is an, an, what constitutes an emergency in uh, our business. But anyway, tangent aside, um, this is BGN Radio brought to you by Righteous Felon. Craft jerky. Go to righteousfelon.com, discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. It's going to keep it there because. We do have a trade to talk about, and it's one that we kind of already talked about. Um, so uh, if you listen to our Monday BGN radio episode earlier this week, number 283, we kind of got into, I think, some of the pros and cons of this move already before it happened. Mm-hmm. But now we have, you know, the actual situation. So I guess uh question for you It's like, what's your initial reaction and how would you grade it? I think it's a great deal for the Eagles. Uh, and I
2: should start by saying that the negatives that I brought up, from the last episode was I actually watched him pretty closely when they played the commanders. Uh, did I mention this or not? I know yeah, I mentioned you did. Uh, you on did. the pod. Okay. I did. I, I watched him play against the commanders on their Thursday night game and yuck. Like I didn't like what I saw. Mm-hmm. He was just getting owned uh, all night by Charles Leno, mm. uh, who not exactly a stud left tackle uh, one-on-one for, for the most part uh, throughout the the duration of that game. So I was kind of off him at that point, but for the compensation that it costs to get him, it's fantastic. I mean, a fourth round pick is fine. What, like, for, you don't want to just be blowing fourth round picks, but to get the Bears to also pay his salary this season yeah, is crazy to me. Why would the Bears agree to do that? It's crazy to me. I guess to get a higher pick
1: of- in theory, like maybe the Eagles would have wouldn't only willing to give a lower pick or teams would have been willing to give a Willer pick,
2: but even, but I so I can see that. And that's probably right,
1: Like a, fifth, but maybe a, a fourth fifth.
2: round pick still isn't that great. Like it's a, no. it's a, it's a, it's a fine enough pick. Like you can find sure. good role players. Maybe occasionally you'll find a good starter there, but uh, for the most part, fourth round picks don't pan out. So for them to take a four, I think part of the benefit for a rebuilding team is to get that guy off your books so you can have that money to spend on another free agent potentially during the next off season. So for Howie to get them to take on that salary is pretty impressive. So I do think it's a, it's a move that makes a lot of sense for the Eagles and he can be something of a Chris long or Ryan Kerrigan type <laughs> oh, of wow. addition. They they'll hope he's more like Chris long yeah. than Ryan Kerrigan, of yeah. course, <laughs> but uh, he'll, he'll sort of fill the role that they had in mind for, for uh, Derek Barnett who if everyone recalls was lost, was it week one or week two that he went down week one with the ACL tear. So um, they needed more depth at defensive end in my position. And in this acquisition, they don't get the star pass rusher, like, like the Brian Burns, they get more of like the second tier type guy where I'd put guys like Danico Autry Mm. from the Colts or Jerry Hughes from the Texans. Uh, And, and I think Robert Quinn is sort of right in that mix too. Um, Like we also mentioned on the last podcast, his production from year to year is all over the map. So, like in 2018, 6.5 sacks. 2019, 11.5 sacks. And 2020, way down to two sacks. (laughs) Last year, 18.5 sacks. It's crazy. He's 18.5. And then this year, he's played in all seven games, started all seven games. He's got eight tackles in one sack. So, like his production this year, is way way down. Difficult player to kind of try to figure out. I'm looking forward to watching more of him than just one Thursday night game against the Commanders. I'll have a, maybe a more well rounded, better informed opinion of, of what I've seen out of him. But so far, not very imp- productive. But for me, I'd give the grade. I'd I grade the trade just on immediate reaction, somewhere
1: like a B plus. Okay, yeah, I'm there too. I think some of the reaction was a little bit strong to me. Um, Cause I'm obviously I'm a bonafide hater, but uh, I just, I, some of the reaction was like, Oh, they got Robert Quinn, the guy with 18 and a half sacks last year. And yes, I get why you would, you know, be excited about that. And I'm not saying don't get excited. I'm just saying, I don't think this move is necessarily like a home run. I think it's a good move for sure. I would agree with mm-hmm. you. I'd be like B B plus somewhere around there, but there are some like drawbacks. And it's, it's like the worst case scenario is they traded a fourth for Ryan Kerrigan of last year a guy who like isn't really gonna make an impact kind of just gonna be invisible that's probably the worst mm-hmm. case scenario which is not really a worst case scenario but that would still like not be a good situation you know what i mean it's not just like they added a bona fide star no questions about it this guy's gonna dominate um you mentioned he had those you know seasons where the sacks fluctuated he also didn't miss a lot of time to be clear it's not like you know he got hurt and he only had a couple sacks because mm-hmm. he wasn't playing um so on, on the positive side there uh he I don't think he's he, he's, he hasn't missed many games since 2017. There, was, there were a couple of years there where he had injury issues in 2015 and 16. By the way, it's so funny how this dude has been around for like a long time now. Like he actually played for the St. Louis Rams and is still yeah, in the top 10 Bell.
2: pick. I think he was the 10th overall pick when he, he came out.
1: He was around there. Um, And I remember when he had like that huge season back in the day too, the 19 sack season. And it's like, man, this guy's going to be like a problem for a Mm -hmm. long time. then he kind of like weirdly fell off and he wasn't. (laughs) Um, Then he kind of I remember he had that good season with the Cowboys. And I was like, man, that was a pretty good pickup for them. But only lasted one season there Um, anyway. uh, Yeah, so I think the Eagles are making a worthwhile risk for sure, especially as you pointed out with the Bears taking on the salary um they have him under contract for the next 2 years at relatively high cap numbers it's like what like 13 million and 14 million or um, base salary remaining mm-hmm. and obviously none of that's guaranteed so uh, they don't have to pay that if he stinks they can just move on cut him after this year mm-hmm. and if he's good um they can talk to him potentially about mm-hmm. a restructure and and try to figure mm-hmm. something out um or trade him again if they if they feel like what's what's Charlie doing Char- over there he doesn't like it okay, he not like You're, the trade. You don't like the trade. You don't I don't like think him? he likes the trade, or maybe he's so excited that he's dry heaving. <laughs> is he all right? Oh, there's a dry heave. Okay, oh, there yeah, is. he just did a little dry heave. Um, it's pretty gross, Charlie. Getting back to Robert <laughs> Quinn, if at all, uh, the big thing that everyone is mentioning, mentioning, and I think in terms of low sack production this year is that he's getting double teamed a lot. Uh, Seth Walter, ESPN tweeted mm-hmm. out that like uh pass for us win rate slash double team rate graphic and it's like miles garrett aiden hutchinson and Denico autry and jerry jerry Hughes is nearby too and Micah parsons is nearby demarcus lawrence is kind of nearby zadarius smith is also above robert quinn those are like the guys who are getting double teamed the most in the league okay now you know robert quinn's pass for us win weight is like win rate is lower than guys like you know Micah parsons and miles yeah. garrett and marcus lawrence and a lot of those names but um i think the respect that he commands there's value in that i was kind of joking mm-hmm. um to you uh in and, and dan and dave in a little text thread that we have like maybe like the market inefficiency is to find a player who isn't even necessarily good but other teams think is good because then they're going to respect him and double team <laughs> him anyway um i like that yeah uh but that joke aside the other big reason why i think you know, we're seeing a decline in production is the Bears traded Cleo Mack. And that's kind of a big deal. So it's not like you have to worry about him anymore being on the team. And I certainly think, you know, Robert Quinn is now like the clear top edge rusher there in Chicago. So he's getting all that extra attention. Um, last couple of things. Yeah, I'll say here, here
2: are the names on, on that point. Just to piggyback off you here. Are the Here are the remaining starters for the Bears, at, at least according to pro football focus. Like I'm looking at these. names, They just have like the last names here. I don't even mm-hmm. know who these players are. So it's Gibson. G. I. P. S O N. It's Travis Gibson. He's their new uh, mm-hmm. right defensive end with, with Quinn gone. Uh defensive tackle Justin Jones. Uh defensive tackle uh Angelo Blackson mm. and uh other defensive end Al Qadin Muhammad. From recalling I mean you have of course he's going to get more attention than any of than any of those yep. guys. So maybe that has something to do with his low production this year. Again, I I'm I'm interested in digging in and looking at you know his actual games and what he's what he actually looks like on the field. But yeah, of course he's going to get more attention than any one of those guys.
0: Yeah,
1: for sure. Um I also think there's something to the fact that he can be more productive in Philly from not having to play as much as he did in Chicago. Not just the, you know, the double team factor, which it seems like it'd be harder for him to get double teamed here, but also he doesn't have to play. um, You know, they just like to rotate their defensive Mm -hmm. lineman. So I think um, as long as no one's unhappy about that and you can keep him happy that way, right. That can keep him fresher and you don't need him to be 18 and a half sack Robert Quinn. That's not, that's not the player you traded for, especially at that price and having him paid that salary. You're not, you didn't trade for that player in mind. You traded for a player, like you mentioned, who can kind of be a nice rotational uh, piece, um, uh, like like a Chris Long. I guess one question for you: What percentage, if any, do you think this has to do with Brandon Graham showing up on the injury report with a hamstring injury? Not that it seems like he's still going to play this week, mm-hmm. to be clear. But like that, that also I'm like just seeing him on the injury report like that, and then this trade happening made me kind of go like, hmm, I wonder if that's like related at all. So it was
2: interesting because when I saw his name pop up on the injury report, he was, it came as a surprise to me because in the locker room yesterday, he was holding court at his, mm. at, his at his locker stall for like 20 minutes, which is an eternity for one of these, for these players. You know, gregarious ask, answer question after question, after question, as he normally does. So I didn't, I, I don't know if he talked about his hamstring injury at all. No, certainly nobody would have asked him about it because nobody right. knew about it. He's coming off a bye. Um, so I don't know if he volunteered it at all. I'm, I'm assuming he didn't, or else I would have. I probably would have seen it on Twitter or whatever. But when I saw his name pop up, I was like, "Oh, that's weird," because he was <laughs> like, he was talking. Normally, if players are injured, they don't talk in the in the locker room. He's a different kind of guy in that regard. Uh, but yeah, it did come as a surprise. So I don't know if it has anything to do with him being injured, but maybe it has more to do with them not waiting. So the last that the deals that Howie has made uh, the last. I guess the last four trade deadline deals that he's done, three of them have been on the deadline day, and the other was the day before the deadline day. So maybe the Brandon Graham hamstring injury sort of spurred Howie to make the deal sooner than later. Um, So, yeah, maybe that had something to do with it. I didn't even consider that. But, um, yeah, and certainly you want to get guys in as quickly as you can and have them playing for you. Uh, as quickly as you can, I guess the bears just weren't getting anything else, even close to what the Eagles were, were willing to give them. Maybe, I don't know, but, um, it'll be interesting to see, do you think I'll play this week? Robert Quinn, if yeah. you don't get him in here and, and, and get it. Cause it's not like it's a, if if you're just a, a defensive end and you're going to be a rotational guy, it's really not that difficult to get you it, it just pass rush situations only, right? Like it's not that hard to, uh, you know, sort of get that guy into your defense immediately And then you bring him along on on some of the, you know, more scheme stuff uh, as you you go along. But just to put him in on obvious passing downs and say, go get the quarterback. That's not that difficult to to, to insert the guy into the lineup.
1: Yeah, I think he'll have some kind of role Um, and and maybe in part two because of Brandon Graham's status. I think, again, he's still going to play, but maybe you'd like to ideally even keep him on more of a pitch count than normal with that hamstring or have him around just in case. Graham tweak something maybe and then you have to kind of rely on him maybe a little bit more than you would expect. So yeah, I do think so. And I think, you know, uh you know, you can kind of ask who's going to start but it doesn't really matter because they're going to rotate him anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not starting isn't really the more relevant thing because in theory you could start and not play as much. Um you might not get the total uh, the highest right, snap. Right, like AJ
2: Brown didn't start that one game, sure. <laughs> you know, <laughs> because he just wasn't in the game on the first snap. So, yeah, it's starting games isn't uh like you said, it's not really that. But who do you think will get the most
1: snaps? Uh, Is it still, because right now I think it's like, Hassan Reddick has been getting the most recently in terms of, if we're talking about edge rushers, Mm -hmm. he's kind of consistently been leading um, the past couple games from doing those snap count breakdowns. And then it's like Josh Sweat, And then. Yeah.
2: I think uh, Quinn will eat into a little bit of sweats Hmm. snaps. I think that I think sweats playing more snaps than they ideally prefer Because they've been actually forthright about, he's getting rest days during the early portion of practice, like the early practices during the week. Not because he's old, like these other guys that get the rest days, like Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham and and Jason Kelsey. He's getting them because he's got a knee issue. Mm -hmm. So they don't want him playing the the amount of snaps that he's playing, I, I don't think so I, I would imagine and and he has been playing a lot of snaps because derek barnett got hurt are you referring
1: thought. to the college knee issue still thing or, or knee issue or, or are you saying i believe that's like so. not on the record are you saying are you breaking like, oh no here? it's
2: on the record no no, he's he has said it during okay. during press conferences i think uh he's, he's just kind of mentioned it offhand about you know him getting rest days because of mm. his knee um so yeah i don't think it's a it's a Super debilitating thing for him, but they do give him time off during the week, yep. and I don't think they want him playing the the number of snaps that he's playing again because I think they had those sort of some of those earmarked for Derek Barnett. So Quinn will get those, sure. but they'll also get like also take snaps away from from other people as well. I don't know. I think he's mostly played on the right side, so I'm curious how much he'll even take away from BG mm-hmm. uh, and and Reddick when he play, when Reddick plays on the left side. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I think sweats and, uh,
1: snaps are probably going to come down a little bit. Yeah. And that's not an indictment of sweat either, as much as it's mm-hmm. just like you talked about that and just being able for everyone to get more high quality snaps and then to give, you know, more effort and ju- not that they're dogging it, but like, you know, to give more effort. Uh, the one thing I, the last thing I'll say about Quinn, because I kind of brought up that point in the episode we did earlier this week. I wonder, um, if he has been dogging it at all in Chicago. And I guess I didn't mm-hmm. realize he's a team captain, which makes me think he wasn't. Which is almost what's well, nice—you're getting a team captain. Um, you saw Rokon Smith's reaction. Put his
2: shirt over his face.
1: Yeah, like uh, wait. During,
2: during his interview. Oh yeah. He literally, did he find out during his press conference that?
1: It seemed like right before. It seemed like he found out okay. like literally like right before he went on. And yeah, he was. You could see he was really bummed. Um, so I think Quinn definitely has some gravity in the locker room, which I think is a nice mm-hmm. bonus. But at the same time it's kind of funny it's almost like a bad thing in the sense that okay this is a guy who is respected by his teammates which would kind of point to me that he hasn't been dogging it which is right. like which you don't want a player dogging it but if you have a player who's not producing and you want to explain why they're not pr- producing as much maybe be like well they're just dogging it on a bad team i think there's some truth <laughs> yeah. to that i mean he can't maybe his whole heart isn't fully invested in it because he didn't really want to be there in chicago that much was kind of made apparent in the offseason. He wanted to trade or he was asking for one or whatever, um, but they didn't. And he was still there. And now he's on a team that's gone from, I know the bears just won, but like, you know, come on. I mean, they're realistic about their situation or they wouldn't have just traded him. Right. Uh, so, and I was going to the unde, only undefeated team in the league. Uh, and I'm i am sure uh, Chris Long, who we played with once upon a time, you know, is was probably in his ear a little bit there yeah. and being like, Hey man, this is like a great opportunity for you. You're going to love it there. So yeah, I think the vibes are, are positive uh
2: do you think that gives the rest of the eagles like players to, does it give them a little juice heading into this game like oh we got we got this we got yeah, this new player i think so and and do you think that like kind of perks them up a little bit for an opponent that frankly stinks coming up on sunday and we'll get to that in a little bit i think it does uh, but,
1: i think we saw that with the broncos you know they traded for a giant then they blew out the broncos and i'm not saying it's right. just because of that but i do think there's yeah. something to if you're a player i mean you see all this news too and you're like, hey, the team believe the, the, like Howie and the front, they believe in us. They believe in this mm-hmm. team. They're trying to make us better for a reason. Let's go out there and like, you know, justify this. Like, if, if they're going to, you know, like we're going all in, then we have to be all in. So, yeah, I definitely think there's a, a vibe boost there. What else do we have? All right. So, uh, of course,
2: to make room for Quinn, the Eagles had to make a, a ro- they, they, they had to get rid of somebody. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> like they had to get somebody, somebody had to come off the 53 man roster and, That was Teron Jackson, who the Eagles waived. Uh, I assume if he makes it through waivers, uh, they'll try to bring him back on the practice squad. We'll see. Um, But that was a guy that, he had a good camp, I thought uh, was disappointing in the preseason games, but Mm. still, I guess, did enough to make the initial 53-man roster. But they didn't trust him to play in games or else he would have played. He played 27 snaps in the regular defense through the first eight games. Again, Mm. excuse me, six games. Again, with Barnett. Tearing ACL week one, so there were plenty of opportunities for for him to get in the game. They just didn't, just didn't play him. It's I a bummer I say more more than that about him. They did, act, they activated the twenty one day practice window for Tyree Jackson, which I think is interesting because if you do bring him back at some point again, that's another player that has to come off the fifty three man roster. I don't know who that would be. So, like, did, did they keep four tight ends? Like, what do they do with that they might.
1: I mean, they're clearly planning on that because I don't think they want to cut Calcaterra and yeah. is like their number two. So the, I think that the Tyree, I mean, I think he's your number three in normal if, like, Goddard's healthy. Although I think he has kind of the potential to bump up to number one if Goddard would get hurt because more of his, you know, pass-catching ability. I don't think they would just bump up um, Stoll to that role. So... Uh, yeah, I think he's going to be the number three tight end like he was last year, and I think Calcaterra is going to be a healthy scratch. I think they're going to keep four. Do you disagree?
2: No, I think that's probably right. Uh, it's just a matter of who who's got to go, which is a tough call because <sighs> they, it like you can, you look at this roster and you like you kind of like I want to keep all those all these players. Well, you this I mean? can transition
1: us into our last roster thing here, which is the Eagles re-signed old friend Greg Ward now wearing thirteen yes. instead of eighty four. Um, because who was eighty four? I forget. uh Uh,
2: the tall receiver from from Cincinnati yeah yeah yeah.
1: so uh there's been some speculation that the Eagles could just cut Covey and then you know do what they were Mm -hmm. kind of doing with Covey with G Ward on the practice squad like elevate him for three games to kind of just be their punt returner for a little bit and not have to use that roster spot um yeah I mean Covey's the place to start right like I don't think he's been great I mean, you can still keep him, you can bring, you can cut him and probably bring him back on the practice squad. I don't think anyone's like coming for him. And I don't think he's been anything. So, so he's already that, been
2: cut once and nobody, yeah. like, nobody claimed him. So and he was on the practice squad. For, and he hasn't done anything this year where no. teams are taking notice and they're like, Oh, we got to get yeah, that guy.
1: Exactly. So <laughs> I think, you know, he's an easy name to cut there. Um, another way they could open up a roster spot. Uh, are you good on the roster stuff? Because this will transition no, us to the yeah. big remaining question. Are the sure. Eagles done? you know they could open up a roster spot by trading away a player and interesting to me a lot of buzz about Andre Dillard we talked about him earlier in the Mm -hmm. week but um, I believe it was uh, ESPN's Jeremy Fowler who also brought him up mentioned that like Mm -hmm. teams are kind of calling around on him and then uh, Jordan Schultz from the score also reported that on uh, Wednesday which tells to me the Eagles are sort of shopping him or like they're they're putting it out there at least that like, hey, he's available, like come call in. Like that, that's how I read that, I don't know about you or uh, it just seems uh, interesting to me that multiple reporters are reporting that kind of same thing. And I think we've said the same thing about Dillard for a long time uh, in that like you don't just give him away, but uh, I guess what's the what's the lowest you would give him up for again, the lowest price? So me personally speaking, I would give, I'd trade him for a three. Like a high three, right? Like a, a team, high three, the team. But that that's, a weird, be bad. that's a weird.
2: That's so. So you'd have, and if you're going to trade him, there's you're not going to get a bad team trading for him. You're going to get a team that has left tackle issues that thinks they're contender. Mm, you never know. Or else you wouldn't. Yeah, I guess that's true. There are a lot of dumb, <laughs> lot of dumb teams out there. So for me, it would have to be like a high three. So if it's a low three, or it's a team that I think is going to be good, and yeah. their three is going to wind up being at yeah. the end of the round, then I want a three and a day three pick. I sure. don't think the Eagles are letting him go for anything less than a two. So there was the mm. reporting by Fowler who said that teams around the league think it should be around a three. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, they can think that all they want, but I don't think Howie's letting him go for anything less than the equivalent of a two, which mm. I actually think makes sense because the Eagles have so many free agents that impending free agents coming up, this or players that are scheduled to be free agents this offseason. They're going to be in the comp pick game again for sure. the first time in a long time. So Dillard is a guy. You look at like that the Big V contract that he yeah. got from the Lions If you is, he, be, is Dillard going to get a better contract than Big V?
1: Because that would be like a fifth, right? I think that'll be yeah, so that only warranted a fifth. So that was a
2: fifth. I think you can count on roughly a fifth for for Dillard yeah. if uh, if he were to hit the market. So would you rather have a full season of Dillard plus the fifth? And a little peace of mind that if you have multiple injuries along your offensive line, including one to your mm. left tackle, then in a, in a season where you think you have a chance of winning a Super Bowl, I don't think you just give that guy up for for you know for an okay return. Again, I would do it for like I said, the equivalent of a high three, but I don't think they're doing it for less than what the for less than the equivalent of a two. Um, again, this is just only on draft pick compensation. Mm-hmm. They could very well trade them for a player that can also right. help them this year but um yeah I do think they're not I don't it's not that I think I know that they are certainly willing to mm. to deal him should the right offer come along
1: yeah I think I'm doing like earliest 3 I think I have to do that it's cuz it's the roster spot as well that's there's value in like having an open roster spot mm-hmm. that you can use on a player who you know ex- you might be able to trade for example like again um and you said there's a lot of good players here so there's ros- there's value in that roster spot as well as opening that and like we saw Jack Jiscoll can play left tackle and the offense can be functional. It's not ideal. You don't ideally want that, but like he, it's not such a bad liability. And then, you know, we talked about Tyree Jackson being uh, his window being opened on the pup list. You still have Brett Toth on the pup list. And is Brett Toth the most proven commodity ever? No, but he's still around. And I think he has taken some decent reps before. So that's like, it's another piece you have in addition to having a guy like Roderick Johnson who's played in the NFL before in the practice squad. So point being like, do i feel amazing about any of those names no but do i feel amazing about andre dillard no like you know is <laughs> right, he, we like, don't know that dillard's good yeah, is yeah. he head and shoulder above all those guys for sure so much that you're not going to trade for a pick like i get the argument that you don't want to touch anything because it's a super bowl year but i think you know that's part of the game though you're not as as much as the Eagles should be focused on just this year that's not how he's job he still has to consider like you know moves in the future and i think um it could be best for this team and like let's say you trade him for that three or whatever i think maybe i brought this point up earlier it gives you that flexibility or that peace of mind maybe to trade something else uh to get someone who can help you this year and get yeah. a player at a more helpful position so it's not like it's just a a move that necessarily um is forward thinking and not about this year at all so yeah i would i would be more open to it i think than maybe some people would be um I would, I would do an early third, probably or a third, you know, third that has a chance of being early and not super early. I think I would, I would very, I'd have to think long and hard about that. And I'd probably do it. Um, What's your, do you, so, so take your guess now. Dillard traded or no. I'm going to say he is. I think this buzz is coming. Really? Well, this okay. buzz is coming here for a reason. I think, I think there's, there's mm-hmm. some, I don't think it's coming out of nowhere. So, um and you mentioned a lot of bad left tackle situations in the league. Um. I just I think it could happen, yeah. And I in the comp pick thing, I, I brought this up to you earlier on this this week. But like, you only get four picks, you only get four comp picks. And I know there's like cancellations and stuff, but maybe like they might lose a bunch of players, and you might not even get anything for him in theory because you the formula doesn't even require him at that point. So uh, I don't know. There's just too much uncertainty there to bank on uh, a future fifth, maybe a best versus a sure like third now um do you think i'm gonna say no okay i'm gonna say no they don't, they but do don't you think they're done i don't Dealing. think they're done no i
2: think they're gonna add another player mm-hmm. um i don't know if they will add two but there are two positions that you look at and you go okay th- those are the two positions where it, it makes a lot of sense the first one is um which i actually think is less likely for them to address but i think the first one in, in my mind would be safety where i think they need to add uh Depth. better yeah depth not a uh, behind, starter behind Epps and, and CJ GJ because you know we saw what can happen potentially if one of those two guys goes down because kvon wallace just did not look he can't good. play they <laughs> it just it
1: can't it's not an option it's not a real On option Sunday you night. have to do a different option
2: yeah i mean maybe the maybe the alternative is they think josiah scott can continue to practice at safety all year and maybe be the third safety maybe they're mm-hmm. Maybe Reed Blankenship can—I don't know.
1: That's as another is, player, by the way, Jimmy. If you're looking for an open <laughs> roster spot, like what's Kayvon Wallace doing here? Like, what is he real value? Is he really yeah, yeah, yeah. providing to the team?
2: As is, Kayvon Wallace is the third safety right now, as they showed when they put him in the game on um, in a in the most important game of the year so far this year on Sunday night against the Cowboys. So, I do think they need better safety depth. We'll see if they and there are other options too. Like in theory, they could just. Sign Anthony Harris off of True. Broncos practice squad. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the guy that makes the most sense in terms of a trade is Roddy McLeod. I'm not going to cost anything.
1: That's such an obvious name, but it's also a good call by you. It's like, oh yeah, duh, The Colts are bad. He knows the defense. He can play a rotational role if he need be, like he did last year. Mm-hmm. And a good leader, and, good, uh, good good guy that, to have in the locker
2: room. Won a Super Bowl with the team. Became sort of the you know leader of the. I guess at least the back end after uh, Malcolm Jenkins lifted free agency for the saints. Um, but yeah, so the other position would of course be running back where I don't think they're, you know, they, it was reported that they made a sort of a non offer offer uh, to the Panthers of, it was either a third or a fourth round pick is the way that I kind of read it. Um, obviously paled in comparison to the deals. They, the Panthers had on the table from both the 49ers and the Rams uh, it goes to the 49ers instead I do think they're still in the market for a running back. Mm. Be, my, my 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 understanding is they would the word. prefer not not to have <laughs> not to have Boston Scott have to carry
1: the load. Just Boston it Scott. Should. They feel good about Kenny Gainwell.
2: So Kenny Gainwell, I think they still like. Mm. Uh, I, I don't think but it's not like I mean feel good
1: about him as the starter, right? If no, 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 yeah. no. So
2: he would still remain in that. Um, In in that role that he has carved out, like the two minute role, the obvious passing down role, but he's not going to be a guy that sort of carries the load uh, should Miles Sanders go down. It would probably be Boston Scott or Trey Sermon, and I don't think the Eagles are comfortable with either of those two guys in that role Mm -hmm. should Sanders go down, and Sanders hasn't gotten hurt yet this year. Uh, He also hasn't fumbled yet this year, knock on wood, I guess, for both of those things, Um, but... And he's played well, in my opinion. So I don't think this would be a move that is necessarily uh, a shot at Sanders. But the reality is, last year, he missed games at three different points during the season last year with three different injuries. yeah. So, the, so he is prone to injury, as most running backs are. You see running backs dropping like flies. Uh, Brees Hall's season's over like that. Jets had to go out and make a, a an, an emergency trade for for James Robinson. And I think that trade by the way really set the market for yeah. what the real expectation for running backs is, not this Christian McCaffrey trade nonsense. That's not a really a running no. back to me. That's also a guy who's a receiver. The James Robinson con, uh trade is more of what the reality of the running back market is. where what was it? A six round pick that can become a 5, which is exactly It's probably going to become a almost 5. Exactly. Yeah. It's a, it's pretty much the same thing that the Eagles traded when they got Jordan Howard uh, Similar, a few yeah. years back. So Jordan, the, the guy that I think makes the most sense is David Montgomery, who actually is at mm. the same point in his career, roughly, that Jordan Howard was at when the Eagles traded for him. The Eagles traded for Jordan Howard at the beginning of the season as opposed to at the trade deadline. Uh, but Montgomery is sort of in that same area in terms of time left on his contract. Uh, same type of player. I think he makes all the sense in the world. If you can get him for, like, for, I think we mentioned him on the podcast last, last, or a few days ago or whatever. But if you can get him for like a fifth round pick, done. Like, go, go get that guy and make sure that you have uh, adequate depth at running back. But also, you're going to play that guy too, in addition to Miles Sanders. And I think he'd be a really uh, strong player to have sort of in the second half
1: when you're trying to salt away these games after you blow teams out in the second quarter. Eagles have uh, two fifth round picks in the twenty twenty four NFL Draft, assuming Rager doesn't elevate to a, th- a fourth round pick. But they don't have any mm-hmm. fifths, I believe, this year left. Um, I think they only have like two sevenths left this year in day three. They've kind of thinned out there. They have a trades. one, they two have two ones. ones,
2: a two, a three, and two sevens. Yeah,
1: so they've thinned out on the day three part. So
2: they they don't add some picks. Day three of the draft is going to be very boring for you and me.
1: And I'm sure they will, you know, because they could easily, <laughs> everyone's talked about, you know, you can easily trade, trade down from the Saints pick yeah. or the Eagles pick or whatever. You could easily trade down. And so I'm um, not too concerned about that. But um, uh, what were we just talking about? <laughs> I totally. Uh, running backs, safeties, running backs, yes. Trade deadline. Um, I would like Jabril Prepper still just because of the punt return and safety value. Mm-hmm. Although I like Rodney a lot as well. The Rodney point kind of made me think about how. And it's a different situation because that Eagles team obviously had not been to a Super Bowl before where a lot of the players on this roster or a decent amount have done that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Eagles seem to put a big emphasis on adding like as silly as it may have been, like a Will Beattie and a yeah. D- Daniel LRB, because they had been there before. And like, they thought there was some value in that and having those guys around and knowing what it like took to win a championship and what that looks like. Um, so not that like you need to add Rodney McLeod solely. Yes, for that reason. But if you added, you know, it's a a bonus, like adding him back is, you know, again, a strong locker room presence. It's just an extra um, good thing to have. So, yeah, that's a good thing to keep an eye on. Um, All right. Uh, Yeah, I do expect the Eagles will do something still, too, at running back. Oh, and by the way, here's here's what I wanted to say. Sorry, the Sanders point. Yes, he has been, like, good, but he has not been so good that you, like, should not make a move at running back. And, like, you have to respect him and you can't risk Mm -hmm. missing him off. Yeah, end his contract year. I don't know if they're going to resign him. Um, Some positive numbers. He ranks fourth in success rate this year, uh, sixth in DVOA. Both of those come from Football Outsiders. You look at some of the other metrics though. Yards after contact per attempt. That's at 18th, like in the league. That ranks 18th. Rush yards Mm over expected. You know, which kind of measures like you know what he reasonably. Because you know it's one thing to look at a 4.6 average, but like if you have a 4.6 average in terms of yards per carry, and you could have like a 6.7 yards per carry reasonably so then that's not good you're underperforming i know like 4.6 is good in the vacuum so in this regard sanders ranks uh, only 19th his pff grade for what it's worth is 32nd out of 55 running backs and this part still has been a big bugaboo for him and really has gone worse every single freaking year which is so weird um his yards per route run is 50th out of 55 running backs do you know what he's averaging in terms of yards per reception this year no he has 11. So he's been targeted 13 times. He has 11 catches for 42 yards. He's 3.8 okay. <laughs> yards per reception. Like, obviously, he's probably not going to be that low the rest of the year, but he was at 10.2 in his rookie season, where it looked like he was great in that regard. Yeah. Dropped to seven, then dropped to 6.1 last year, and now he's at 3.8. So he's consistently gotten worse as a pass yeah, he's catcher. Not, he's
2: not Brian Westbrook.
1: And it's not like Kenny Gainwell is giving this team anything as a pass catcher either. Like, he, I think he has eight targets this year for four receptions and like, no yards, not no yards, but like very low yards. I'll pull it up the stats right here. He has um yeah eight targets for four receptions and twenty one yards uh five point three yards per reception, so like it would be nice if they could get a back who either and like can be a power guy and alleviate Jalen hurts in that regard uh and or can actually catch some passes here to some extent um and obviously, like a guy like Kareem hunt can kind of give you that kind of value, so you know he's a name to watch, I'm sure as well. Um, especially with Nick Sirianni, like hanging out with him before that practice in Cleveland, that was kind of straightforward or strange to see. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on running back certainly as the deadline approaches. All right, Jimmy, let's take a break here. One more thing.
2: Running back feels like one of those weird positions where it'll, they could make a deal for one and it would be nobody that we've speculated on at all. (laughs) Like like how you'll trade for a guy and we go, oh yeah. Okay. That guy makes sense too. <laughs> well, how so, about I, I throw uh, up some
1: names to you uh so we cover that and then we look smart um who are realistic. I think Melvin Gordon, you could you know, tie kay. back to sirianni uh Jamal Williams, I think is a name that mm-hmm. could make some sense, the lines being bad, and he's in a contract yep. here, I believe, and as some physicality and pass catching ability, both of those mm-hmm. things. And also like a good kind of leader guy, it seems like, at least from hard knocks, like an unlike a good you know, voice to have in the locker room. Um yep. Hunt and than uh montgomery i think those are like the biggest names to watch out for
2: i think we can forget about josh jacobs at this point because yeah they're not the too good and the Raiders, <laughs> and i don't like... think
1: want to give up on their season yet either
2: yeah and also the his cost is going to go way up because he's been awesome the last three, oh yeah four weeks. you'd have to yeah
1: agree um all right before we take a break righteous felon craft jerky is the place you want to go for your meat snacks and non-meat snacks if you don't eat meat they have options for you there as well you want to check out the website which is free to go to right righttoselling.com you check out the store you see if there's anything you like you add it to your cart and then before you check out when it prompts you you want to add promo code BGN15 BGN15 for 15% off your order why do you want to do that well it helps support the podcast It helps support yourself with some great snacks it helps support uh, a local business. So it wins all around when you go to righttoselling.com and you use discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. Jimmy. Back
2: at, well, you know what? Let's do Kristen Roach right now too because we're only going to do one more segment, I think. No, right? so incorrect. Kristen Roach, oh, we are going to do three yes. segments. All right, back after this.
0: <laughs> Hi, I'm Neil Patel, host of Decoder, my show about big ideas and other problems. Right now, on Decoder, we're doing a mini-series about one of the biggest ideas that's creating some of the biggest problems around, generative AI. Our series dives deep into some of the most pressing issues surrounding generative AI, with expert Verge reporters covering the cutting-edge frontier of the industry. How could copyright lawsuits completely upend large language models and image generators? How big a problem is AI-generated misinformation for the 2024 election? And what kind of impact are AI chatbots having on human relationships? Decoder's AI series will help you understand what's going on, why, and where it might go from here. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Decoder wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater.
2: Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a smart water
1: alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Back here at BGN Radio. Jimmy, where Jimmy doesn't know what's going on in the podcast. All right. So this segment, (laughs) we're going to preview the Steelers game, which we don't have to go super long on, I guess, because this is this is not a game with a ton of juice. Um, The Eagles uh, are coming back from the bye. They are mostly healthy. Uh, The only player, as we noted, who was on the injury report who did not practice was Brandon Graham. Lane Johnson is still in the concussion protocol, but he was limited on Wednesday. And it seems like he's Mm -hmm. progressing. And he told Jeff McLean, apparently unprompted. (laughs) It wasn't even asked. Uh, if he was going to play, he just told Jeff McLean that he plans on playing. So mm-hmm. things are looking good on that front. Um, the macro view: Eels are <laughs> better than this team, not just because they're six to zero, but just like because the Steelers are have the worst point differential in the league, mm-hmm. as you mentioned. And also, just look at their schedule this year. Like, what look at what they've done? What have their two wins been? Okay, they beat the Bengals in Week One in overtime by three points in a game where they had TJ Watt, which is a big deal because he's like their best player. Uh, yeah. And like he's he, not a guy who's going to win MVP in part because defensive players won't, but like he's a legitimate MVP candidate every year. Like he's that important to the They prior to uh, and, and shout out to Shane half who pointed this out on our new um, EPA podcast here in the Bleeding green nation feed. Uh, the Steelers are like zero and eight in games that TJ Watt didn't play since he was drafted. They had never won a game until they beat mm-hmm. the bucks uh, last week or the other week um so that's the one of their wins an overtime game in week one where they had their very good player and tj watt was um activated his practice window but tomlin said he's very unlikely to play this week yeah um, they have a bye next week he's probably going to be back after that um so they beat the Bengals, who had a bad offensive line and started slow so that was the one of their two wins and the other win was the uh the bucks team where <laughs> The Bucs just lost and got beat out or blown out by the freaking Panthers. So like, and it also, the Steelers only won that game against the Bucs by two points. So like, those are their two wins this year.
2: Yeah, big picture point differential. Eagles are plus 56. Steelers are minus 55. Hmm. Yardage differential. Eagles plus 580. Steelers, I don't know where this ranks in the league. It's It's got to be like bottom two or three. Minus six seventy hmm. turnover differential Eagles plus twelve Steelers minus two. And by the way, in that first week in that week one game against the Bengals, they turned the Bengals turned it over like five times or something like that, I think, in that game. <laughs> yeah, you're right. So for them yeah. to be minus two, they've been horrendous in that department and since still then. only
1: win that game by like three points in overtime. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
2: Right. So yeah, they've been a bad team this year. Uh, You mentioned the two wins that they have uh, against the Bucs and the Bengals. They're actually outgained by 201 (laughs) yards uh, in those two. They weren't even the
1: better team in those games.
2: They got a rookie quarterback. They have underperforming skill position players. They have a bad offensive line. They have shaky corners. And as you mentioned, TJ Watts hurt. Mm TJ Watt, by the way, had, I guess his original injury was a, was a pec strain or, or a pec, some tear, tear of some sort. Uh, not a like not the full like season ending kind of peck injury uh and he was actually uh suspect expected to maybe come back for for roughly this game when he originally got injured but uh he has since also had a scope uh, on his knee mm. which sort of delayed his return and you're right i think he's probably more likely to come back week ten after their bye then in this and even if he plays in this game, I can't imagine he's gonna be anywhere near hundred percent. Right. Uh but yeah it's it's their their defensive line isn't they have um uh who's their interior guy? Uh very Cameron Hayward yeah is a very good Still player very good. Uh smith is is probably their best not probably it is their best edge rusher otherwise he mm-hmm. has six and a half sacks, uh, a few forced fumbles. Uh, but beyond that, they don't really have anything. So without T.J. Watt, this defense is totally different. And it's just it's just not a very good team. This team hasn't had a losing season since 2003, mm-hmm. which is crazy. I mean, that is uh, that is a, a very impressive streak that's coming to an end this year. Yeah. Also, did you know they've had they've led the NFL in sacks in each of the last five years? They've mm. had they've had over fifty sacks in every year the last five years. This year, I think they have. I think the number is twelve. I think they have twelve sacks so far this year. Mm. Which there's only like five teams that have had fewer. So it's like you look at this this Steelers logo and their uniforms. You see that, and like if you've watched football long enough, you go, okay, that's a tough team, very hard to beat. Mm, no, not anymore. When this line came out. Uh, it was minus eleven. I think it's now ten and a half. Um, I think the the jerk reaction, the gut, rea- the immediate reaction was, oh, the that's a that's reaction. a big line.
1: Did you know all about <laughs> I didn't that. Mean, I, I didn't, What's that? <laughs> Is that something you know all about? I'm, I'm kidding. I didn't mean. No. I didn't
2: mean jerk like yeah. uh, that guy's a big meanie. Yeah. But, uh, it was more like you know the immediate reaction. Uh, was well, that that line's too big they should no, check in with
1: the jerks on the lines hey what do you think <laughs> about this line well, this line is too big <laughs>
2: uh yeah i think that line is is right about where it should be uh plus or minus minus ten and 11 somewhere in that range i think this is a game that the eagles can uh certainly and very much should uh you know win easily
1: yeah, I mean, um, you mentioned the de- kind of touched on the defense already. They have some further injuries there. They're missing potentially Levi Wallace. He didn't practice on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. He started the past three games for them at cornerback. They are seemingly getting Akello Witherspoon back, um, so that's a good thing for them. They're also missing, I think, um, what's his name? Uh, Josh. What's that guy's name? Josh Jackson, uh, I think. Okay. A backup corner for them is also potential. And then um, uh, another defensive lineman for them it's uh what's his name uh larry uh Ogunjobi. Ogunjobi. yeah he also didn't practice on wednesday so they might even be missing some of their starters or key players yeah. already not you know the best unit to work with um i will say uh mike tomlin for as much as uh you know the Steelers have not been good this year that's still a guy that kind of i think gives you some pause sure. rightfully so because he literally has the best record against the spread as an underdog in the NFL since he was hired. Like he, he finds okay. a way to keep, I think, games more. He, he, and he also has a high winning percentage in those teams, too. It's still under 500. But still, like the point is, the Steelers are typically even for when they're not great. They're still typically not just like a total cakewalk team joke of a franchise. Yeah. Um, I do think where that could change this year, and I think. To, I'm kind of flipping already from the offense to or defense to the offense. Is there anything about the defense you wanted to highlight specifically? No, I mean,
2: it's, like, it's, yeah, it's just a Minka very Fitzpatrick's uh, a good player. The, the corners, as you mentioned, are, are banged up and they've been bad anyway, this season. Uh, I saw a stat somewhere where like the uh, wide receivers against them have the highest yardage total in the NFL, I think. So uh, that's not great. Their safeties are good. Like um, yeah. Minka Fitzpatrick is obviously an awesome player. And um, Edmonds, uh, who I thought would have been a nice free agency pickup for the Eagles, <laughs> mm-hmm. signed back with the Steelers, and and he's been good this season. So uh, on the back end, they're fine, but at corner, they're 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 kind of uh they're they're very shaky there.
1: Yeah, I don't think um there's a whole again with with Watt being out, it's just it's tough. It's not a, lot, a whole lot that you're feeling like amazing about there. Not like a I don't know the one of the worst defenses in the league, but they're they're not anything you're you're scared of a ton. Mm-hmm. Uh, flipping it over to the offense. South Jersey zone. Kenny Pickett is starting against his favorite <laughs> NFL team. Uh, he was actually at an Eagles game, I think, last year. I think he was. That sounds right. Yeah, I think he attended one of the Eagles games. Is that Charlie again? That's Charlie. Thanks, Charlie. You okay,
2: pal? What's wrong?
1: He's having a tough time. Um,
2: he hasn't gotten his walk yet, so maybe that, is, maybe uh, that has something to do with it. Kenny no Pickett fresh air yet.
1: has two touchdowns to seven interceptions so far this year. Oh, yeah, say. is that right? Okay, I did not look at that. Yeah, he's not good. <laughs> he's not fumbled yet. Uh, he the small hands, no fumbles? I, that's what I mean. That's why I brought that up. <laughs> I I think I'm higher on a Kenny Pickett than others. Uh, I think even though these numbers don't look good, I thought he's had some nice moments. I think he has some ability. I don't know if he's ever mm-hmm. going to be an amazing starter, but I think he could be a solid starter. Um, so like, I don't think they're just going to come in and necessarily, uh, dog walk him if you will, but I think he could have some moments and his mobility is something that I think that you yeah. kind of present a challenge for the Eagles defense. I could see him scrambling, moving the chains, kind of being a little bit annoying. Um, in theory, he can kind of play the way that you ideally would want to play against John or the, the way that Jonathan Gannon's defense is designed to make you play, which is like, keep checking it down and mm-hmm. kind of just play smart. And, you know, don't do anything, like, stupid and don't force it. Um, so uh, he can kind of play that way. At the same time, when he's limited to playing that way and he can't test them deep at all, you know, obviously the Eagles can kind of challenge him maybe to do something he doesn't isn't as uh, want to do. So uh, it doesn't really scare me at all. Uh, there's not really much of a run game. Like Najee Harris is a big name, but they have yeah. not been – their offensive line is not very good, which is also an it issue. It all starts there, yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this. The, I mean, you know, the receivers – on paper are like uh, formidable they're, they're talented yeah. like
2: that's it's a it's a talented group but they've George Pickens
1: everyone loves George Pickens uh he's made some insane catches he's a guy who can you know the Eagles have you feel good about the Eagles cornerbacks but I, he's a guy who they could have perfect coverage on him and he can just go up and make a play an insane play
2: Yeah I think going back to your Kenny Pickett uh stuff you look at like the way the Eagles defended Kyler Murray, where occasionally they would have a spy on him. And for the most part, that was Kaiser White. I think they mixed in a little Hassan Radick in, in that role too. I don't know that you're gonna do that for, for no. Kenny Pickett. Um, but you do have to be wary of him being able to beat you with his legs. Like he's mm-hmm. made he's made plays with his legs so far this year for the Steelers, did it all throughout his college career. And he can get outside the pocket and make throws on the run. So I do think there is some sort of element that they want to implement from that Cardinals game into this game where you want to keep him in the pocket at least. Again, you don't need a spy necessarily, but I don't think you want him escaping the pocket. You don't want to just like
1: recklessly attack upfield, like have rush discipline, which the Eagles had in that Cardinals game
2: make him beat you with his arm from the pocket. Yeah. And I think you can force him into bad throws and uh, capitalize on that with turnovers. So uh, we'll see what their game plan is on that front. But yeah, as you mentioned, th- those receivers, th- it's a, the, the trio of, of uh pick of uh, Pickens, uh, Chase Chase Claypool had four touchdowns against the Eagles mm. in 2020. The Steelers don't have Nate Gary to pick on anymore, uh, so like it's not going to be as easy for for them to to do that again uh, against the against the Eagles this this time around. Uh, but he's got these big. He's a big guy, big target, can break tackles after the catch. And Deontay Johnson is is yep. a guy that made the Pro Bowl last year. He had yep. over 100 catches, uh, over a thousand yards last year. He's been inconsistent this year. His numbers are way way down this year. Um, but again, all three of these guys can can make plays. Pickens is really intriguing. He's six three, two hundred, I think, and he can make contested catches. Uh, he's got like amazing body control. He's got ball skills out, you know, like like crazy. The the catch that he made against was it the Browns, I think, mm-hmm. just insane. Like that's that was a better catch than OBJ uh, yeah. in my opinion. And then he made another play against the Dolphins kind of twisting and turning his body as, as he went up uh, on a fade into the end zone, made a great play. Uh, I think that's his only touchdown this season, but that was a great play. So there is sort of an element of just throw it up and maybe he makes plays. Um, Again, that's dangerous when you're doing that against Darius Slay and James Bradbury, who have made plays in the football all year as well. Uh, But yeah, it is, it is a talented group that just has not been great. Uh, so, for, Chase Claypool has been sort of involved in uh trade rumors as well, yeah, uh, he may get moved to to a contender at some point uh but yeah i I think that um that's probably like the scariest thing about this team <laughs> like are those wide receivers, and I've had people from like the Eagles fans that like live in the Pittsburgh area that know the Steeler as well, where they're like what like you think their receivers are good so uh, that tells you something. Like where I'm looking from my perspective, I think that's like the scariest thing about their team, and they're like, no, they're not really scary at all. And then also, you you throw in that, uh, you know, maybe a, those three talented receivers are are sort of wasted, not wasted, but like uh, the Eagles match up against them because their secondary has been stellar so far this year. Uh, I just think it's a great matchup, really across the board for the Eagles in this game.
1: Yeah, the last thing I'll say on the Steelers uh, when it comes to the matchup is, like, kind of we what well, we just talked about there. They're not. This listless team. Like they're and I know they've been bad. They were they're not good for sure, but they they have some things you can point to and be like, okay, that's an, that's a good thing they have going for them, mm-hmm. and that's an intriguing thing. Uh, if this game somehow ends up being more of a dogfight than expected, which is a possibility if Mike Tomlin is involved and the Steelers are an underdog, then that's where like, okay, you know, George Pickens just making an insane play could like cost you the game. If you if you mess around, if you're the Eagles and you mess around and you let this yeah. game be close. I'm saying that's my point. It's like if you mess around, this team can beat you. Like you are like yeah. if, if you if they have things they can you go find to, out. yeah. Don't they? <laughs> like, don't mess around. Um, don't let this team hang don't, around. Don't find out. Yeah, this is a team that. Um, whereas you know, by contrast, I think there are teams that are probably more listless, and you could kind of uh, let them hang around, and you could just eventually kind of hit them with the knockout punch, kind of like the Cowboys did to the Lions last week, for example. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know that the Steelers are that kind of team. I think you kind of want to put them away and kind of snuff out any kind of hope and then you'll you'll be good i don't think they're going to call back the major comeback i don't think they're that kind of built to do that Uh, but if you let them hang around and you play down to their level of competition then that's where things could get a little bit more um uh dicey if you will uh all right anything else
2: uh no, I think that's any it. special teams uh,
1: factors. I think you mentioned um, their punt returner.
2: Yeah, so Gunnar Olszewski, I think is how you pronounce it. He was, uh, you know, punt returner for the for the Patriots for years. Actually, was first team All Pro returner for them in 2020, I think. Um, has a lofty yards per return average over his career. I think it's 12.0. He signed with the Steelers this offseason. He was terrible earlier this year. He had a couple fumbles. uh, was averaging like six and a half yards per, per return or something like that. Actually lost his job to Steven Sims. Uh, I didn't think Sims was going to play in this game. So I highlighted Olszewski in my five matchups to watch. But Sims was limited in practice. Mm-hmm. So he may wind up playing and be, being their returner. But just generally speaking, Eagles special teams, They've had big mistakes so far this year,
0: mm-hmm. and
2: it hasn't hurt them in terms of that, you know, big mistake leading to a loss. And they've been fortunate that some of their big mistakes weren't worse. Like the field goal block could have been returned for a touchdown. Aaron Sibos makes the tackle. Uh, 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 Britton Covey is, you know, muffed, muffed upon. The, they were able to recover it, uh, didn't turn into a a disaster, but this is the kind of opponent where, I mean, not that you can't really ever have a big special teams mistake. Like that's never ideal, but that's the one thing that can kind of turn a game against a bad opponent like this. So they just have to make sure they at least stalemate in this game. Uh, Steelers don't have great special teams. I think they're, um, you know, sort of the bottom of the, of the, uh, of the league, uh, according to, uh, football outsiders in terms of DVOA. So it's not like this is a great special teams unit, but uh, Olszewski was sort of the guy that I highlighted because he he is capable of a big play, but also capable of a uh, big play going the, going the other way too. So if he's the returner, I think he's a guy to, to keep an eye on. But it looks like Steven Sims might play, in which case he'll be the primary returner, both on kick and punts for the Steelers.
1: Jimmy, I want to hear about Kristen Roach of Roach Litters and com.
2: She can be reached at 856 906 9295. Again, 856 906 9295 if you are looking to buy or sell your home. Brandon?
1: Back after this.
2: Kristen Roach of Roach Tours, Roach trail Tours, Roach trail Tours. Kristen Rocha of Roach Real Tours. She's the greatest. Eight five six nine oh six nine two nine five. Eight five six nine oh
0: six
2: nine two
0: nine
2: five. Nine two nine.
1: Back here on BGN Radio, where it's time to get into our picks. We didn't end up doing like a preview show last week, so we kind of missed picks last week, but that's all right. It was the buy. We deserved a buy too. Uh uh. I didn't
2: even think about that, but oh well. Yeah. What are you gonna
1: do? No, wh- what can you do? <laughs> Before we get into our picks today, I want to mention that we still have the uh BGN DraftKings same game parlay running. <laughs> we have not hit on one yet. Trying to get one to hit. Um we will have one of those for this week. Again, not up yet because some of the um, uh, props don't really come up until closer till game day. But it will be up on game day on the at Bleeding Green Twitter account. You may post it on the Bleeding Green Nation Instagram story. That's at Bleeding Green Insta as well. Uh, so you can kind of see what the parlay is and then decide if you want to bet on it or not. Every week the season, will be cooking up that parlay. Thanks to our good friends at DraftKings and have it uh, on our socials there for you, the loyal BGN radio radio listeners to follow. Uh, I'm clearly just reading copy at this point. It's fine. Uh, Be sure to check out the Twitter. Uh, Each week, DraftKings has new offers and great ways to make your Sunday more fun. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Jimmy, let's get into the actual picks. But. I will once again not do that right away because I forgot to set the records. We're close. I am 13 and 12 against the spread so far this year. You are right behind me at twelve and thirteen. And then we are both five and one when it comes to picking the Eagles straight up. We got the Vikings game wrong, but nothing else wrong. By the way, I am now, I think, six and one in my locks of the week on the SB Nation NFL show against the spread. Um so i'm i'm creaming uh rj so you're
2: moving to vegas is what you're saying yeah i mean you're hey turn
1: this into a profession my locks of the week are doing very well the only game i got wrong was kind of an emotional hedge pick on that vikings game okay. um all right so we have five games to get to and not a lot of time to do it so let's roll through the raiders are one and a half point favorites at the saints i said earlier in the week this is a big game in terms of the tank standings yeah need the raiders to win i think they do i'll take the raiders to cover one and a half in new Orleans. Me too. The Raiders are good, in my opinion. Um, their record
2: doesn't. You look at all these teams around the league where you go that, that that team is not as good as their record, like the Giants, for example. Maybe, well, this team is much better than their record would indicate, and I think they roll. The by the way, the, the Saints. Jameis Winston is healthy, mm-hmm. and they've just decided. Nah, you know what? We're gonna start Andy. We're gonna continue to start to start Andy Dalton, even after the terrible game that he had last week. So yeah, the the vibes in uh, New Orleans. Not great. Give me the give me the Raiders. Would you not start Jameis? I just or w- w- I would, would start you start Jamis.
1: Jameis? Okay, yeah, yeah. I don't know.
2: He's better than Dalton. I mean, Jameis Winston isn't saving their season. No, but, but like at least at least with Jameis, there's some big play potential. Okay. he might he might throw some interceptions, but with sure. Dalton, you're getting the interceptions without the big play potential.
1: Yeah, I, I can see that argument, but to me, it just, I just, who cares? You know, if I'm a Saints fan, I'm like, it doesn't, there's no solution there. You're just kind of, it's, to me, it's six dozen one way, half dozen the other. Uh, okay. not six dozen, six one way, half dozen the other. Sorry. Six dozen versus, uh, half dozen is not the same number. Uh, there are only four teams ahead of the Saints currently in the draft order. It's the Lions at number one, they're one and five, the Texans at one, four and one. And then mm-hmm. the Panthers right now at two and five. Also the same record as the Saints, but the mm-hmm. uh, strength of schedule uh, scheduled tiebreaker is currently in play there. And then there are other, what, how many other two and five teams are There's there? There's a few other two and five teams, I think, right? The ones that are behind the Saints, they're one, two, three, four. That is the Cleveland pick going to Houston, the Denver pick going to Seattle, uh, the Steelers, who the Eagles are playing, and then the Jags. So okay. that's what you're working with uh obviously Eagles sands will be rooting for another saints loss to ensure that high pick maybe a will anderson in philly would be fun all right moving to the nfc east of it all the commanders are two and a half point favorites at the colts who are starting sam ellinger now instead of matt ryan who do you have
2: i have the commanders win in this game hmm. um <laughs> i think the colts uh season could potentially spiral here I guess they really like Sam Allinger based on what he did in training camp. And then apparently he, he lit it up in the preseason. I wouldn't know. Um, I don't think that matters. <laughs> like I think the, the idea that he's going to come in and, and play well in the regular season is a is a different animal. I like the way that the commander's defensive line has played uh, this season. And I think they, Taylor Heineke gives them a better chance uh, to win in this game than Carson Wentz certainly did. Um, forget the game. I think the most intriguing thing about this game is Jim Ursay hmm. having made comments about it. You know, basically he, he made, he made no bones about it. Just doesn't want Dan Snyder to own the commanders anymore. I think they should just skip the game and have Jim Ursay and Dan Snyder just fight at the 50 yard line and whoever wins, just give that, give that team the win.
1: Okay. Yeah. I think, I, I think people would sign up for that. That's like, that fits today's <laughs> culture of, you know, these celebrity boxing things too. Right. You know, yes um yeah who do you think it's who you're gonna have for this game when it comes to your rooting guide for the eagles who do you think the Eagles fans should be rooting for
2: uh i think it's probably best if the if the commanders lose this okay
1: game. sure I they're, agree. they're
2: at a point of, at three and four where you know if they win a game they're four and four and they mm-hmm. maybe have uh you know maybe they start believing that they can win games and yeah. i think the the sooner they those dreams are dashed uh, the better it is for the Eagles when they play the commanders week 10. Mm-hmm. So if they go on a little r- losing streak, I think you'd rather play a team with the bad vibes than the good
1: ones. I'll take the Colts to win here. Uh, don't have a huge idea of what Sam Ellinger is going to be about, but I'm, I'm certain that Matt Ryan was so cooked that maybe Ellinger and just having someone who can kind of run around a little bit, he has some mobility can uh, mm-hmm. help them. I don't know. Also like, you know, the Commanders won last week, but I think that also has a lot to do with the Packers being a disaster right now. So, mm-hmm. um yeah, no, I don't feel amazing about this game. I would stay away from betting it honestly at all, but I'll take the Colts with the points at home. You know, why not? Maybe they can pull off an upset. Uh it doesn't really matter.
2: wait, the Colts are getting points now? Yeah, the commanders I the are two com- and a
1: half point favorites, I said.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: So I'm taking the points. Um Giants at Seahawks. This is my lock of the week. It can't be canonically for the SB Nation NFL show because we I made a rule on that show where you can't pick the same team back to back weeks because that's Wait, no fun. I
2: have I have Colts minus three here. I are
1: my,
2: are my line are, my line. Let me fit? look at
1: DraftKings. I have the window open still. I have oh yeah, sorry, you're right. My bad. Um, well, I'm still gonna take the Colts. So you're gonna take the Commanders <laughs> plus five or plus yeah, two. I want my points, man. All right, fine. You get them. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, everyone. Uh, I messed that one up. I mean, I don't like that bet I as much, say, now I got, I'll take it.
2: I, just, I, I wrote my picks before the yeah. podcast started. I'm like, oh, wait. I don't, I don't want that to be one of my picks now.
1: <laughs> I'm going to take the Seahawks to win Uh, and cover. They are three-point favorites in Seattle. Mm-hmm. They were my lock of the week against the Chargers last week. They were plus five. Gino's playing at, like, an elite level by, like, all metrics, by any kind of quarterback metric you want to find. Like, he's playing at a very high level. I'm a big Kenneth Walker guy, as I mentioned to you. Like, I believe in him wholeheartedly. Um, I think he could give the Giants some trouble. The Giants are certainly not a bad team. They're a good team, but they're not a scary team. Not a team you're scared of. And I said, I think the Seahawks could kind of emerge as this big threat in the NFC here. Mm-hmm. I'm buying Gino right now. Kenneth Walker, as I mentioned, um, they have the weapons, Metcalf and, and Lockett and everything. Um, they have some playmakers on defense with, with Diggs there. And Tariq Woolen coming on as a rookie, like Pete Carroll, I think is also for as much as we, I think his stock went down a lot in recent years. And we thought, you know, he was a big reason for the demise. I'm sure he wasn't blameless, but I think, you know, Russ clearly takes a big part in that. uh, And he's a good coach. So I will take the Seahawks. I think the Giants are due for a loss at some point here. And I'll say it's this week.
2: Have you ever played blackjack at a, at a casino? I
1: have, I went to AC one time. I won $2 and then I cashed out. 'Cause I didn't want to lose. <laughs> I bet twenty bucks. No, I mean like
2: at a table, not at not like the slots blackjack.
1: Um I think so. Maybe. Maybe not. Okay. So like if you're winning,
2: uh no even if the odds are against you, you just keep going and keep going and keep going. I've been picking the Giants every week mm-hmm. for a while and they just keep they just keep panning out for me. So I'm 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 gonna, I'm gonna ride that until okay. uh, until they lose a game. So uh yeah, give me the Giants and, and what I get three points with that too. Yep.
1: I feel good about the Seahawks. I think they're going to do it. Uh, Cowboys are nine and a half point favorites against the Chicago Bears, who are now without Robert Quinn.
2: Yeah, I had the Bears uh, plus nine and a half here. Uh, I think that with this trade, it changes my opinion a little bit. Not because I think Robert Quinn is that super valuable to this team, but I think that the reaction by Roquan Smith shows a lot, Mm -hmm. and um, you, you trade one of. I mean, let's be honest, Robert Quinn still probably is one of their best players. And when you trade one of your best players, you're signaling that, okay, well, we're not trying to get, we're not trying to be a playoff team anymore. So uh, I think that trickles down through the locker room. Um, I had, this as one of my picks in my written picks. Mm -hmm. And I only, I only pick like five or six games every week. Uh, I still will take the bears and the points, I guess. but. Uh, I Spicy. feel less good about it. It will not be one of my picks anymore in my written version. Uh, I'll take, I, I just don't like the game at all anymore. Um, but I, but if, you know, gun to my head, I will take the bears. Pl- Cause the, look at the Cowboys, like mm-hmm. they're obviously the much better team here, but they don't score a lot of points and they play close games. And even this, even this past week, they won what? 24 to six, which would have covered whatever spread um that game was very close and i mean the lions had a chance to win that game late in the game and then they just poured on some garbage points at the end of that game so um i kind of like the bears here plus what is it nine nine and a half or is it 10 now nine and a
1: half cowboys nine and a half give give me the bears nine and a half i will give you that and i will give the points in this game because I am not a Justin Fields guy. I'm very much, that's very much my brand. <laughs> okay. Because in part, because everyone else just is fawning over him for the most ridiculous stuff. Like everyone's <laughs> like, he was amazing on Monday night against the Patriots. He fumbled four times. He didn't throw for 200 yards. He completed 13 passes. He didn't rush for even 100 yards. This is like what we're, like, I'm just telling you, like. The, the bar just, is low. I was not watching the game or not all, yeah. of it. I, I saw some of it. I, I did not watch the entire game live. Going off of what I saw on Twitter about what was being tweeted about Justin Fields versus like the actual stat line that I saw did not match up at all. Like people yeah. go nuts about him because they want him to be so good, so bad, and it's ridiculous. I, I always get into how people were like acting like it was a canonical mistake for all the teams that passed on him, like they were like the biggest idiots of all time. And the Bears of all teams outsmarted everyone. Like give me a break with that. I am I am not betting on Justin Fields. Bears are coming off a short week too since they did play on Monday Night Football and on the road, and now have to travel from, you know, having gone to New England or, you know, whatever, Foxborough, down to Dallas now. That's also a a disadvantage working against them, and they lost Robert Quinn. I agree that the Cowboys have not looked amazing. Um, uh, And certainly Dak was not good in his first game back. But Justin Fields, again, he fumbled four times, and they did not turn the ball over once. That's very lucky. Justin Fields is going to make mistakes. He's going to take sacks. He's going to turn the ball over. That's going to be an issue, and that gives me faith that the Cowboys can cover. Because I think the offense can do enough, and the defense will force some turnovers, and maybe we'll, maybe even be able to score some points um, on their end. By the way, I forgot to mention Carson Wentz in the Colts part. I don't know if we ever – did we ever talk that he's not going to play in Philly? <laughs> That's kind of significant. Did we not talk about that? Okay. Maybe we did. I don't remember. I think we did. But um, there's an article, as I mentioned on the mixtape this week with RJ that uh, from Hogshaven that – Carson Wentz should never play a snap with the Commanders again, and they're right to be clear because <laughs> he shouldn't. Because, um, you know, if Heineke, if they doing, if they're doing decently with him, they should keep him in. And if they're not, then they should play Howell. There's no really situation where it makes sense to play Wentz and right. give up that. Second round pick, but I just wanted to shout out that that article was already up. It's on... funny
2: that we didn't even mention him when we made those when he, when we made our
1: Washington picks. Exactly. I mean, he's just be- he's already become so irrelevant. Okay, we did talk about this because we talked about like where do you think he's going to be next year? And you and RJ think yeah, he's going to yeah, be yeah. in the league still as a backup? And I just I don't. Uh... But he he avoids booze both at uh Indianapolis
2: and Philadelphia by breaking his finger. So it's it's a win on that front, I guess. For did he
1: break his finger on purpose? Eight eighty eight. Um no. Six one oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, that brings us to the Philadelphia Eagles game, who were favored by as much as eleven points earlier this week, uh, but has since dropped back down to ten and a half point favorites mm-hmm. against the Stillers. The Stillers who have not won in Philadelphia, Jimmy, since nineteen sixty five. That's kind of crazy too. It's only been nine games, I think, but still
2: yeah. yeah. It's kind of like the, the Jets, where the Jets have never uh, beaten the Eagles.
1: Um, I like that. Anyway. I, I don't want to ever hear crap from Jets fans. Like when I was growing <laughs> up, even before the Eagles had won the Super Bowl, you, you can't talk to me. Can't You can't not beat the Did Jets? Do you have Jets fans chirping at you? Yeah, because oh, the Eagles didn't win a Super Bowl. <laughs> You've not beaten the Eagles. I don't want to hear this from you. Um,
2: I, uh, I like the Steelers and the points in this game. Wow. I think this is another game Uh-oh. where the Eagles – get a big lead to, you know, you know like another, another you know, two score, 14, you know, 20 point lead, something like that. <clears throat> and then, uh, you know, they, they play the ball control game in the second half and the Steelers get some garbage touchdown late and, and they get the backdoor cover. But I think this is a game that is emphatically won by the Eagles, but for whatever reason, the score but not just doesn't, emphatically. The, the, the score at, you know, at the end doesn't, doesn't tell the picture, doesn't tell the story mm-hmm. of what actually happened in the game.
1: Yeah. I think that's a a reasonable bet. I think it's the cowards bet. have some faith, Jimmy, (laughs) have some faith in the Eagles. Not that you have to root for them, but in terms of, uh, I think they've earned that they're coming off this by, so they're mostly healthy. They're well-rested. I think, Mm -hmm. um, there is something to getting a new player also, where I think that player is excited to make a big play for his new team. I think maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, we see maybe like a big Robert Quinn strip sack or something like that, assuming he does get in. Uh, so, I'm gonna take the Eagles. You know, if T.J. Watt was playing, I'd have a much different outlook on this mm-hmm. game. But like his just his absence alone is a, is a huge factor. Him not yeah. being there is really big. Um, so there's just nothing really about this Steelers team that makes me think they're going to win the game. Again, I think there's a path to where if the Eagles, Eagles will have to beat themselves is how they would lose to the Steelers. Is how I see it. And the, and I think if if they do, then the Steelers can have that one opportunity where they make a big play and steal the win. Um but I think the Eagles have earned enough benefit of the doubt where they're not going to do that. I think they're going going to come out of the bye um in a good way, just like they did last year, right? They came out of the mm-hmm. bye last year when they uh beat the, the the snot out of the Lions, right? That was that game because they, they they played to the Raiders, they lost, they had the bye, I think, and then they, they beat the crap out of the Lions forty four to six in Detroit. Um so I think they're they're maybe it's very early, but maybe Sirianni kind of has some uh, bye week magic like that Andy Reid used to have, and he's mm-hmm. good coming out of those situations. And I think that coaching staff deserves some credit there. I think they, they have been good at planning and stuff, so I think there there could be some benefit to having that week off. Um, and Steelers also have their track record this year. They have two wins, and they're both by... One was by three points in overtime. The other one was by two points in regulation against a Bucks team that has terrible vibes. So, um, I the, the, the Bills absolutely crushed the the Steelers in uh, Buffalo. I think the Eagles, you know, are up there with the Bills in terms of the best yeah. teams in the league. So I think the Eagles have that capability as well. I think it's a blowout win. Eagles roll. I think Jalen Hurts has probably one of his better passing games he's had in a while So he really hasn't had one of those in a bit now. Not that he's been bad, but you know, like he hasn't had since really Washington, right? Like that big passing game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's due for one of those. And Eagles win. They cover. I'm going to say the score. Let's say is uh 28 to uh 12.
2: okay and then we can focus on the phillies
1: yeah let's get your official for those who can't see which is everyone because so we don't not recording video yet uh, i'm wearing my bright red phillies hat what is your official world series prediction jimmy phillies in seven wow do you know the phillies have never played a game seven
2: Oh
1: no. are we just talking we're not just
2: talking World Series here, right? Or we, we, they've not in like never the NL played not in the NLCS
1: game. either. They've never played really Game Seven ever. That is a wild stat. I think part of mm. it was the format used to be different. Um, back in the like yeah, back. well it
2: used to be just four teams made the playoffs, right? <laughs> it's the ALCS and the NLCS, and
1: then they played the World yep. Series. Uh, I was talking to a good friend James Seltzer, which I want to who I want to shout out in our final thoughts, by the way. But um, in the meantime, uh. Yeah. Uh, I think the Phillies win in five. I'm going to say it. Who cares? The Astros haven't lost yet. I just think this is the the formula is very simple. You steal one in Houston, steal one of the first two. You don't even need to win both. I, both is obviously great. I would take it. Win one of the first two. I feel great. Win one of the first two. They haven't lost in Philly. I know the Astros haven't lost at all, but the, the Phillies have not lost in Philly. And I think there's something to that. The tickets are ridiculous. They're like 13... Uh, hundred dollars in Philly right now, like to mm-hmm. get in the door. Uh, it's a distance bank park. Meanwhile, in Houston, they're only like you know, 300. Uh, this team, Philly's team, reminds me a lot of the 2017 Eagles, as we talked about, I think, earlier in the week. They have vibes, they're going up against this cheater team in the championship <laughs> that the whole yes. country is basically rooting against. Yes, I, I just the Phillies, like, have they really come this far? Screw this
2: team. I yeah. I,
1: I hate this team sight unseen just yeah. on the cheating alone. They're, I mean, they're big cheaters and they're probably still cheating and they're probably going to cheat again. Like, that doesn't just stop. Like, the Patriots Not didn't stop. Not only cheaters, but like, we're just basically like. Mm. yes we don't care that we cheated well also (laughs) i think at first if i'm not mistaken their owner was like how dare you accuse us of this like because they're accusations and like so they like acted holier than thou and then got caught with their hand in the cookie jar which is even more (laughs) embarrassing like you didn't even obviously your teams aren't gonna fess up to it but you made yourself look like even more of a fool
2: right screw this team
1: (laughs) so yeah i agree i'm come on if you're if you're scared of the astros get a dog that's my official stance here um okay it's not about the astros i don't care if they're undefeated the Astros. exactly be,
2: that's exactly the way to put it it's yeah, not
1: about that it's not about that they should be scared of the phillies the phillies are the team to beat they're the most dangerous team here the astros have been cruising they think oh this is gonna be easy big mistake huge uh as was once <laughs> said in pretty woman um all right uh any final thoughts about you jimmy
2: well i'm gonna be in houston um, that's right game five
1: are you gonna go so
2: for our listeners uh, say a prayer for me that I don't get my ass kicked mm. for acting like a jackass at a Houston bar when the Phillies win game five. So you're not going go to go to a game. <laughs> I, well, so if it, if it gets to game six, yeah, that is Friday night. Mm-hmm. My flight home from Houston is like sometime early afternoon, I, I believe. So I have a decision to make mm. if I'll, I'll have time once I'm out there. If, if this, if the season, if the series goes to sure. six yeah. to like, you know, maybe extend my hotel stay, change my flight. If it all makes sense, then you got to do it. Take it. Maybe
1: if it makes sense, uh, yeah.
2: I feel like you're right. I feel like it's kind of like, especially if it's a potential. So Close out. A potential <laughs> Phillies clinching yeah. game, then yeah, I'll do everything I can to stay out there and, and go see that yeah. game. Good. Um, but yeah, I, I won't do that until I know that a game is going to be played. I'm not going to change. I don't want to change my flight. <laughs> and then yes. like and then i'm staying in houston an extra especially if, like if houston were to win in like five or something oh, like yeah. that no, and then no, i'm no, out no. in houston for an extra day that's a nightmare i agree so i don't want to have to do that sure um but uh yeah i do have decisions to i i, I will be of course watching all that closely
1: i am also i'm in my mind right now i'm going to one of the games in philly I'm, I'm gonna do it you there. are yeah i'm gonna do it oh in my you, mind.
2: you haven't you don't have tickets yet you're just gonna know where there's a well there's a way i'm
1: no i'm gonna i'm gonna buy them but i just i don't have them yet Yeah, because i'm gonna i want to see how it plays out so okay if they go down oh two and they're getting like smoked then i'm probably not gonna go to three tickets, the prices are gonna come down well also yes but i, I probably necessarily won't go to three and I'll see how three goes. And then if they go down three, I'm, then I'm not going to go. all, <laughs> no, probably. Or at least I'm not going to go to game four. But if they win game four, if they make it three, one, okay, then maybe I go to game five at yeah. that point. Um yeah. If they're one and one or anything better, I'm obviously going to like game three or yeah. game four. Um, okay. Or maybe, yeah, I, or I'm definitely going to one of the games in Philly. So uh, if you're also there and you want to, I don't know, uh vibe together in some way, let me know. I'm on Twitter at Brandon Gowden and Instagram at Brandon Gowden. Um, so that's our Phillies thing. Uh, I asked you for final thoughts. That was your final thought, right?
2: No. So butters, the cat, butters, the cat has your cat. Butters, the cat, who is also my cat has hyperthyroidism. Oh no. Uh, he, no, it's actually good news. Because oh, okay. he has, he has lost. He is a big ass cat. <sighs> like, <laughs> like he, he, he weighed a lot and, uh, he lost like seven pounds, since the last time he's been to the vet and that that's a lot of weight for that's not a lot of weight for me or you, but it is for a cat. Uh, So uh, I was very concerned about what could be wrong with my beloved, my beloved butters, the cat, Uh, he has hyperthyroidism, which was causing him to Hmm. uh, vomit quite a bit and Uh. to lose weight. Uh, But that is a very fixable thing. Evidently, he's he's going to get on medication and he's hopefully he'll be as fat ass self soon, uh, which I'm looking forward to once again. So butter's the cat hyperthyroidism, good news. Uh, and he's now 16 and a half years old, butters the cat. Uh, so, you know, still going strong, still, still got pep in the step, still spry, uh, so yeah, hopefully we have butters around for another five or six years at least
1: shout out to butters, um, shout out to Charlie who kind of joined the show today. Uh, Also, big shout out to my good friend and a friend of yours as well, I would say, or at least an acquaintance and BGN Radio co-founder once upon a time, all the way back in Mm -hmm. 2013, James Seltzer. Our good friend James uh, was promoted to the WIP morning show producer role. He's previously, obviously, on the middays from 10 to 2 with uh, Joe DeCamera and John Ritchie, who are now the new morning show to replace Angelo Cotaldi. Huge deal. I mean, Angelo's been here for, what, like 30 years, forever? Mm -hmm. Like, that's the the definitive, not just, like, I mean, I think Preston and Steve are technically the the, the number one show overall. But, you know, like, easily the definitive sports show in in Philly is the morning show on WIP. So, huge deal for James to be producing that. Um sorry, buddy, that your sleep schedule probably is now all, all effed <laughs> up for a long time. But I mean, you'll yeah. certainly take it with the 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 prestige and I'm sure everything that comes along with such an amazing opportunity. James works incredibly hard. Like <laughs> does produces on the midday show every week, does his uh radio show that we used to do on WIP um on Saturdays every week, like just driving out to like do these remote things sometimes. Uh you know, podcast about the Eagles game every Sunday. Like, you, you cannot work. No one works harder than James Seltzer, and he is also a great dude who I still hang out with a decent amount. I just saw him uh, and his buddy Tommy, my buddy Tommy, on uh, to watch the Phillies game on last Friday. Um, so I'm I'm glad that our friendship has lasted this long, and, and I'm sure we'll continue to last many years. But give James a follow on Twitter. He doesn't really tweet a lot. Uh, but at James Seltzer, uh, you'll certainly be seeing great things coming from him from the morning show. If you don't know him already, somehow um, definitely look out for great things uh, for a person that deserves a lot of great things. So big shout out to good friend, James. I've told this story about James before. I believe on the podcast, the
2: Irish but Carbines. not everyone, not everyone lis- yes. listens to every episode. So I'll just tell it again real quick, but I did a guest bartending thing at uh chickies and Pete's in Philly, right by the stadium. Um, and, like there were a lot of other Philly media people there, including James uh, and including Ray Diddy. So <laughs> me, Ray Diddy and James were talking and. Hey, Kristen Roach. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Can you shut the door?
1: is leaning back in his chair, pointing at the door behind him. Okay, Where great. Kristen Roach is, has some really cool pink sneakers. I like those. I bought those for her. nice, good pick.
2: <laughs> anyway, uh, me, James, and Ray Diddy, are uh, are uh, you know just we're, this is during a part where I was not being the bar the guest bartender. Mm. I was just hanging out uh, at the bar, and uh, me, Kristen Roach, actually, nice. uh, and James were going to do uh, Irish car bombs, and. <laughs> like we're like come on diddy doing with us diddy i don't think diddy drinks at all he's he's also like what 70
1: something or whatever yeah (laughs) well we invited him to do an irish car bomb it's very nice but he doesn't need that bs james is
2: like now i can i i can do an i can do an irish car bomb what Um, is an irish car bomb
1: for the people who don't know jimmy and also let's say drink responsibly everyone
2: (laughs) it's like you fill the a, a pint glass up not fill it up but you 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 fill, you fill it up like two thirds of the way, half the way. I think it varies uh, with Guinness, and then you have uh, a shot of it's half Jameson, half Baileys. You drop the uh, the shot in, bang it out. So James is like, "I'm going to beat you. <laughs> you don't have a chance." And I'm like, "Yeah, okay, we'll see," because uh, you know, like I said, I know I can do an Irish car bomb. Mm-hmm. This guy can basically just oh, pour yeah. water down his face. Yep. Like he, it's basically just you. He could he could drink as fast as you could pour a beer down the sink. Yeah. It's crazy. He just opens his throat and bang, he, just, he pours it down into his body. It's crazy. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. So uh James, for as good of a radio producer and and uh podcaster and whatever else he is, he is the one of the best like beer pounders. Yeah. Like we saw Jason Kelsey, you know, pound oh, a yeah. beer at, at at the Phillies game with the Philly fanatic james seltzer yeah. would smash jason kelsey in uh, a beer drinking contest hands
1: down yeah uh yes not the only time i've seen him do that um <laughs> he is he is a special skill um one of the other favorite things i'll say about james in addition to just working with him so long at BGN and radio and uh many good things i could say about james a couple things one of them dude is like wired in terms of like he wakes up in the morning and he is James Seltzer. Like from like he's <laughs> yes. zero to a 100, like asleep. Now I'm awake and now I'm fully, it's literally just like flipping a switch. So I always loved that about him. I thought that was so funny. Um, has the most that's why he's able to work as hard as he does. He's like energy for days. Yeah. And I've yeah. seen him tired. He does get tired, but it's only because he does like 50 amount of times of work as anyone else could like reasonably handle. And the other, my other favorite thing about James, um, which kind of I think just speaks to his uh personality at some level. Like, it's just the confidence, the unmistakable confidence that you just mentioned there about, like, oh, yeah, I can mm-hmm. easily smoke you. Like, he doesn't even know anything about your track <laughs> yes. record, but he's just so confident in himself. Um, Was when we went to National Mechanics in Old City one time, and he was like, because he has a very specific wing order, like, like Buffalo wing order. He tells okay. them to, like, burn it because he he likes well-done wings, and they, like no one ever listens to him. They never do him like, well done. They're like, oh, yeah, sure, we'll do that, and they'd never do it. So he almost wants them to just like, you'd almost rather have them literally burnt than like an underdone at all because he figures if he, he says burnt, they're not going to actually burn them but they actually yeah, yeah, get yeah. closer to well done. Right. Um, so that's a fun fact about him. And, uh, you know, maybe get him some wings sometime if you see James, cause he likes them, but make sure they're very well done. um All right. That does it for this big episode of BGN radio, the Eagle Steelers preview, Robert Quinn, emergency reaction podcast. Uh James Seltzer shout out podcast and Phillies preview, which by the way, Phillies coverage, you want to go to thegoodfight.com. Uh, our good friend John Stolness does stuff for them and did an article for us on BGN this week that kind of has like an Eagle Sand rooting guide to Phillies, uh the Phillies here. So okay. you know, if you're not a Phillies fan or not from the Philly market and kind of you don't really like follow along with baseball, and you don't get it, that's kind of I think a nice way to um get in the door, or even if you're not going to root for the Phillies, at least have, again, an appreciation or kind of understanding of why this is so meaningful and what's going on, um, adding context. So check that out on bleeding Check out the That's good, a good fight. idea for a post. I like, yeah, it. the good fight with a ph.com uh, and their podcast feed as well. If you're looking for, you know, pods to get you through and cover the series, um, check out the bleeding your Nation podcast feed, which you're already doing and all the shows we have here by downloading, rating, reviewing, and subscribing. All those we'll get to some reviews at some point here. You want to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon Gowton, Jimmy Kemsky on Twitter and Instagram at Jimmy Kemsky at BGN underscore radio is the account for Twitter, uh, for the podcast Twitter, at Bleeding Green for the website Twitter, which is the same game parlay for DraftKings will be this weekend on game day. BleedingGreenNation.com is where you check out my work. PhillyVoice.com is where you check out Jimmy Kemsky's work. If you're looking to buy, sell, or rent a house, you want to contact Kristen Roach at com or this phone number. Eight five six nine zero six nine two nine five. If you're looking for some snacks, you want to go to righteousfelon and use discount code BGN fifteen for fifteen percent off. We will be back with you after the Eagles advance to seven and O. And the Phillies, uh,
2: they won't well, have wrapped it up probably by then. But so we'll uh, do a podcast. will have will we'll have a, a nice lead on the we'll have a nice yeah. lead on the Astros by then. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. Talk Goodbye, everybody.